Welcome to the Bear Down Podcast with your host, Austin Muniz, a podcast about the University of Northern Colorado football team. And I'm sitting here today recording this on the 21st of August. We're now 11 days away from the beginning of the season. Um, and I think everybody looking forward to it from the coaches, the players, the students, and, and the fans. Um, and that first game will be against McNeese State Cowboys. In this podcast, I'm going to look at, first I'm going to look at the scrimmage that was this past Saturday at night, like the, kind of their annual night scrimmage, the second one out of three. I think they're going to have another one on this Saturday, but early in the morning, but this is their annual night one. Um, and then I'll get into the the schedule, not like really in depth, but I'll just go over the teams they're going to be playing and uh, maybe throwing little tidbits about the team there. I'm going to go over like maybe the preseason rankings. Um by uh, maybe by the NCAA and by a magazine I found Athlon that a that a preseason the top 25 for the FCS. So first of all, let's get into the scrimmage which was uh, this past Saturday at at night. Um, ended up showing up a little bit early and there was already people there that were getting ready. I was kind of maybe a little bit surprised in how many people were there, but um, there was a decent amount and like a lot of the students came over. Um, it was only one that lasted probably like an hour time of scrimmage, really. They spent about 30 minutes warming up, doing a few drills. Then they had about an hour of scrimmage time. Um, I liked the nighttime uh, scrimmage. Um, kind of, I always talked to uh, my, you know, I've talked to my dad, my brother, and just talked to other people about it and said, oh, how great would that be to have, uh, you know, more, you know, nighttime games at UNC, and they put lights there. I think it would be pretty cool. I mean, I know you don't want to, um, I mean, not every game would be night, but maybe like a couple per year would be cool. Um, you know, all the players have played on Friday nights before, obviously, in, in, in high school. Um, I think it would probably bring interest, to, you know, even more, even a little bit more fans. I do like the noon games. I do like the 2 o'clock games. But night games would be uh, something interesting. And I hope one day that they'll put lights at Nottingham and we can uh, watch the Bears play on a on a Saturday night. Um, it was pretty good atmosphere there with, uh, you know, the people setting up on the hill over there and, uh, you know, on blankets or chairs, um, just kind of so they can watch UNC scrimmage for about an hour. Um, let's just, I'll, I'll get right into it. Um, it was more of a defensive, uh, showdown. Uh, the defense turned up pretty good. Um, in fact, when uh, the first team offense was out there, Nip, you know, he, he had, he had, struggles finding receivers and that could be a that could have been a combination of things um i don't know i think he made it completed just a couple of passes but he really didn't get as much time as uh as the backups did like connor regan uh keaton mott and uh, even connor uh, martin uh got some time in there and i'd probably say he maybe he may have gotten like three series out of the whole thing um and he also decided to uh, not play uh trey reek uh, Alex Wesley and also Kiefer Morris didn't get no time, I and mean, they were suited up, but they didn't get no time, and I can understand that. Those are their, you know, including Nip, are probably the four most important players on the team, and they just don't want them to probably begin picked up any kind of knocks or little injuries or a major one before the beginning of the season because they're all really important to this team and to the success of this team this season. So, like I said, the defense looked pretty good. Um, uh, in the beginning, definitely against the against the one against the first team, um, said Nip didn't have a whole lot of uh, wide open receivers. 
Um, the pass rush got in there on him, and they they were stopping the run pretty good, especially early on. And I know uh, Coach Collins mentioned in his uh, interview on Bear Vision on YouTube um, that they've been really looking to stop the run this year. Um, you know, new uh, defensive coordinator, Modern English, coming in. I think that's been a main priority, and it should be because last year they were not very good against the run. Um, they got gashed many a times, um, and they gave up, you know, big time yards on the run. Uh, many a times did they have, you know, situations where it was third and short, and you know the opposing team would get you know first down easy. The other times where there was fourth, you know, or two or three, and teams were going for it like in their own territory without really hesitation, knowing that they could get those yards. And if UNC could get that ru- that uh, run-stopping game going good, I think they'll be in a lot better position. Their defense will be a lot better this year because their secondary is probably their strength of their defense. They're definitely part of the strength. They're definitely strength of their defense as they have many returning starters, uh, a lot of uh, experience, and they have a lot of depth uh, back there. And um, it showed in the scrimmage because, uh, you know, I think partly because this secondary is had a lot of depth and is good, that many receivers didn't get open. But I think another part is, and I think which maybe could be a little bit of uh, something that's kind of worrying, is uh, you know an inexperience at uh, wide receivers. Tight end is good, and you got Verna and McCauley, two you know top tight ends in FCS. Um, I think you got maybe even like a guy in. Um, Darren DeLaCroix, who could uh, step up at the tight end position as well. I think um, we'll get some looks. Um, but as far as, you know, it starts with Alex Wesley, and then after that it's really basically a crapshoot and who else is going to get the playing time. I mean, it could be any, really anybody at this point. Whoever steps up, whoever looks good in his practices, and could even you could even figure it out in games who's going to you know, get the ball thrown their way or get put in these games. I know John Boyer um, in his Bear Vision interview was, you know, he said pretty much the exact same thing, you know, that it's wide open for a lot of guys that got to get more consistent with their routes, um, you know, still learning the offense and, uh, you know, understanding situations and creating separation from the defensive backs. Um, the one, the one, you know, one receiver that I did see that dude really well was the converted, uh, Quarterback Dante Warren. He made a really excellent catch over the middle, probably a 40-yard catch where he had to kind of adjust in the air, and he it was a pretty acrobatic catch, and uh, was pretty impressive. He also had another one on probably like a 10-yard slant that was thrown pretty high. He uh, reached up and gra- snagged that out of the air. Another really good play. Um, so you know if there was any maybe standout, it was him, and you know he. he you know, and if he keeps doing that, you could probably you're gonna probably see him get his chances. I mean, it'd be nice to see him. Um, you know, Alex Wesley out there. Um, I th- I do think that Sam Flowers, JUCO transfer, has a pretty good shot. Uh, he didn't really get balls thrown his way, which was kind of a little bit disappointing. Um, but I think somebody like him can step it up. You know, Noah Soul's a big receiver. I know. I think those are. If I had to pick, maybe Fort when I mean, Willie Fairman looks like he could be a solid. Uh, you know, slot slot guy in there. I think those are right there. Could be some guys that could really step it up and be the starters on this team. I think early on you might see a lot of more. You know, two tight ends in there with Verna and with McCauley, and I think they will also be playing a lot of a slot. So um, 
you know, if I, like I said, anything that worrying is maybe, you know, not getting these uh, receivers, you, you know, some of them haven't totally stepped up yet. And But I think, you know, I think they eventually will. Um, given some time, I think we'll figure out uh, in the first, like, at least few games who's that, who those are going to be. Um, and if you want to look at the running game again, if beginning of it, beginning of the scrimmage, the running game was getting stopped pretty good. And that's def- that's, again, that's a good thing. I like seeing that. I like seeing that up those linebackers in the up front stopping the run. And as the scrimmage went on, you know, it was maybe it was a little bit first team, some second team guys. The running game got going pretty good, which is also a good sign. You want to see, uh, you know, with, with Trey Reek, the only uh, returning uh, starter from last year and only returning experience running back, um, you know, to see some of the guys do well, you know, is positive. Uh, you saw Milo Paul. He broke off a few good runs. Um, Julian Eisen looked pretty good. I know he ended up scoring a touchdown late. I think it was the last one they ended up scoring. Um, let's see. Also, Braxton, Braxton George, the freshman of Oklahoma City, looked pretty good. He had a couple good runs. And uh, Matt Gadda got a couple of carries, and actually he scored on a 22-yard run I don't, um, where he kind of had a good hole off to the right side, um, bounced off a couple of guys, and then went into the end zone. You know, so he's showing promise, too. Um, so, you know, I said the running game looked pretty good towards the end. Um, you know, I, coming into the season, you're kind of worried about who's going to step up, but I think they've, they've kind of found their answers. I think I think you're going to see Trey Reek, obviously, get most of the carries and most of the you know, balls thrown out of the backfield to him. And I could even see him... And you know, then putting him, you know, in the slot sometimes to throw the ball to. But um, and I can see, you know, Milo Paul is going to get his fair share of carries, and I think um, Julian Julian Eisen is also going to get his fair share of carries for this team as well. I think that's probably the three they're going to go with, and then they're going to, you know, then they have three freshmen with uh, Braxton George, Matt Gaddick, and uh, Gavin Green. Actually, Gavin Green had a couple of good runs. I seen. I even seen him. He. Uh, Ran off to the right side and actually jumped over one of the, one of the defenders, which was looking like pretty athletic. And he looks like an athletic kid. He looks like he's could be like like a diamond in the rough kind of player for them. Um, but you know, definitely the, the running game looks pretty good. I know maybe um, you know Nip didn't do too much, but I don't really really worry about that. I think he'll he'll find his stride, and I think there'll be receivers that are going to um, you know. Uh, gradually, you know, kind of separate themselves, and you know, we're gonna have three or four guys that are gonna be con- contributing pretty good. Um, and then the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, they were stopping the run. The linebackers looked good. Um, the secondary looked good. Um, actually, there was a a return for a touchdown by Aaron Harris, uh, a freshman. I think he's out of Grandview. He returned when he picked off Keaton Mott. Um, so the secondary looks good. Um, I'm looking forward to what, the, you know, in the big sky, that's definitely what they're going, they're going to need a lot of depth, and um, that UNC has that. Uh, UNC also has, you know, a lot of experience back there, and they're going to need that um, with, you know, a lot of uh, really good um, quarterbacks in, in the league. Um, let's see, what else did I see? They, they did some special teams, but, you know, they didn't really... Um, they didn't go 100% on them. They didn't tackle them, which I don't blame them for. You don't want to be getting kids hurt doing special teams. It's, you know, probably one of the more dangerous, um, you know, parts of, of football, or punt returns, kick returns, 
you know, basically just people flying down there and colliding with each other. Um, um, but the first guy, first guy I saw back there was uh, Dante Jackson, the freshman at Lawrence, Kansas. And it, I mean, I know I've seen Trey Reek um, back there. I wouldn't really necessarily like to see him back there. I'd rather just see him take carries in the backfield. Um, I've seen, I think, Julian Eisen also. Um, I think I've seen also maybe Marshawn Cameron. I'm not sure, but I think, you know, Dante Jackson, if he impresses, he might be the return man back there, whether it's kick return or punt return. Um, you know, so the scrimmage was, you know, was all right. I, you know, the first one from what I read, I didn't happen to go to. It was more, the offense looked really good. And this one, uh, the defense uh, did, uh, you know, the defense did, you know, a lot better. Um, and towards the end, the offense kind of got their stride going. Um, another thing is a backup quarterback uh, battle um, between Connor Regan and Keaton Mott. Um, Keaton Mott, he has the size. He's the prototypical, you know, quarterback that a lot of people like to see. He ha- he has a great arm. Um, you know, I'm kind I'm excited about his future with UNC. Um, but he did throw that interception. Um, the two passes that Dante Warner was mentioning were both were kind of, you know, maybe weren't the best, most accurate passes, but, you know, he has the arm, he has the size. Um, the thing is, is, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they went with Connor Regan. I mean, Connor's already proven his worth last year with playing um, more than probably half the season, or maybe more than half the season. Um, probably um, not going to make as many, you know, mistakes. Um, Keaton has that arm, so he's going to probably maybe sometimes think he can force things in there, but... I wouldn't be surprised if they went with uh, Connor as definitely the backup because of what he's proven so far. Um, so that pre- that was pretty much the scrimmage. Um, you know, these guys, I'm pretty sure, are you know ready to actually face somebody different. Um, this week they're probably gonna have another you know kind of like a camp practice, maybe even start doing some stuff uh, with uh, you know going over the game plan with McNeese State, and then next week, you know, definitely gonna be starting you know their preparation and uh, whatnot for uh, uh, McNeese State. Um, so now I'm going to get into the schedule for the year. Um, you know, noticeable thing on there is you don't got no FBS teams, which, you know, um, eh, maybe a good thing. Um, they're usually just for FCS teams. They're pretty much just cash games to make money on. Um, um, but when you look at the three non-conference teams they play, it's not – no easy schedule. They didn't, you know, they didn't uh, schedule like a Rocky Mountain College like a couple of years ago or even a College of Idaho. These are all um, tough teams. Actually, one of them is a Big Sky team that's not going to count as a Big Sky game. Um, I think Sacramento State was just giving UNC a, a game for, uh, you know, they played them a, a home last year and they played their, they played in Sacramento State last year and now they're in Sacramento State's giving them a in a, a UNC, a home game against them, because I think Sacramento State, after the season, is leaving the league, as I think they are, and I think North Dakota is also good leaving the league as well. Um, but the one team that's coming in is Idaho, a former FBS team, and I think they left like maybe in the early '90s, and now and now they're back in the FCS. Um, so, and UNC happens to not play them this year, so. We'll get started here in, like I said, 11 days. They're going to go up against McNeese State. It, it, I, they finished at 9-2 and two last year, and they were second in the Southland Conference. Um, you know, I think they, they didn't make the playoffs, and I think they were one team that was kind of maybe, 
you know, people are mad about thought they got kind of robbed of not making the playoffs. But um, the so they had you know a really solid season last year. Um, and actually, the NCAA um, website and the and then Athlon magazine I looked up both had them ranked as uh, the number seventeenth um, team in the country. So this is not going to be an easy one. I think it's going to be really exciting. Um, it's going to be the home opener for um, UNC. Um, I think there's going to be a decent amount of people there for this one. Um, in fact, I'm kind of I mean, I'm excited for the game, but I'm also excited for they're going to have a brew and bites thing there, like a couple of my, you know a couple of my favorite things, food and uh, and beer, especially craft beer. Um, so I'm going to be excited about that. Um, and hopefully a UNC win. Um, but it's definitely a tough game right off the bat. Um, it's going to really gauge where this team is at. Um, it could, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I think going into any of these games, UNC has a chance. And in this one, I, th- I you know, I think they do. Um, I think McNeese returns, I think they're starting quarterback. And I think they have a couple running backs that are really good too. So, and I won't, like I said, I won't go into too much into these teams. I'm going to do that. Like next week, I'm going to start getting more into, I'll talk more about McNeese State and their weapons on on the offense and uh, defensive side. Um, so after they start off with, the first three games are going to be uh, basically non-conference games. Um, after they start off with McNeese State on September 1st, they head to, this one will be out at South Dakota. Another thing good about I need to mention is that the thing about UNC's schedule is no FBS teams, and there's no really back-to-back road games. Um, they've struggled on the road, especially in the Big Sky, and to have no back-to-back road games is good, even though they do have some tough home games, but that at least gives them a better chance. So on September 8th, they traveled to South Dakota. Um, South Dakota was 8-5 and five last year and actually uh, made the playoffs. Um, I think I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they even won their first game, um, and we're down in their second one big time. But uh, their quarterback uh, broke, I think, a, a passing record of over 500 yards, and um, they still ended up losing. But one thing about that is they he was a Minnesota. I think Strevler was his name. He's not there anymore, so um, they're still going to be good. And actually, Athlon had them as one of the teams outside the top t- top 25, but a team that. Uh, uh, team to watch. Um, I've also, I also read a, a thing on Phil Steele's that this could be, you know, something they have to go the right way and whatnot. To maybe they'll be a playoff team, especially in a, in a tough uh, Missouri Valley Conference um, that they play in. That one probably uh, it's hard to say. The Big Sky is really good, but maybe the Missouri Valley Conference is just slightly better. But um, but South Dakota is going to be a tough one, especially. On, on the road um, where UNC has struggled. Um, but in the next week, they head off to, this time it'll be at home at Sacramento Stadium. Again, it's not going to be a conference game. It's actually a non-conference game. Um, last year, Sacramento State was 7-4 and four in overall, but 6-2 uh, and two in Big Sky. And I think, I know they, they handed Southern Utah their only loss in the conference. Um not sure if they played Weber State or not, but I know that Southern Utah co-conference champions with Weber State. I know Sacramento State uh, beat them, and Athlon actually had them have them ranked number twenty-three uh, coming into the season. Um, UNC actually last year lost to them at, in in um in Sacramento last year, uh, twenty-one to fifty. But we actually was winning that game twenty-one to twenty. 
Um, it was just kind of another kind of some of their second half struggles they had during the year. But this was a team that was actually had not very been very good the past two years before. But last year they were a very solid team, and UNC actually had them at half at twenty-one to twenty. And this one being at home this year, I think UNC has a a chance to to win this one. Um, then they go into the next week, the twenty-second twenty-second of September, and uh, this is when this is really one that's going to test them. It's going to be at Weber State in Utah. Um, Weber State last year was eleven and three. And a seven-one in Big Sky in the co-conference uh, champs with Southern Utah, and I know I, I also know they had uh, James Madison who ended up losing North Dakota State in the FCS championship on the on the ropes, um, even looking like they were going to be a team that was going to beat them, but they ended up falling short. Um, they were ranked number they were ranked number eighth by the NCAA, and Athlon had them uh, ranked number ninth. Um, so this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be, um, I mean, they already have, I mean, those first three games are going to be tough. And then the first conference game uh, with Weber State is going to be a, a tough one. Uh, last year they ended up not playing, UNC ended up not playing them. So we have nothing really to go over in that case. Um, then the next week they're going to face North Dakota, who, like I said, I think is moving to the Missouri Valley Conference next year. Um and this will, so this will be the last meeting between these two teams um, as far as Big Sky action. Uh, I know last year they were predicted as the number one, uh, by a lot of people to win the league, um, and they had a very disappointing season. They were 3-8 and eight and ended up finishing 2-7 and seven in the Big Sky. Um, last year, UNC lost to them 38-48. to 48. Um, they were, UNC was actually down 28-7 to seven at one point in that game, and it was probably one of the craziest comebacks I'd seen and just craziest really first halves it was total domination by North Dakota and in, in the early going and all of a sudden I remember UNC gets like a sack on the edge they fumble and UNC runs it in for a touchdown and then the game like totally changed um and it actually I think UNC even had to drive it begin the second half unfortunately there was a game where Jacob Nip gets hurt Connor Regan comes in and then Connor leads him down for a touchdown and they were actually winning that game I think 31 to 28 after they were down 28 to 7 um I think they even led another time maybe 38 to 31 and then again second half they kind of sputtered and ended up losing 48 to 38 in that game and after they after they had faced that that game I know they faced North Dakota at home they play again back-to-back home game and this one will be homecoming against a UC Davis, who's coached by former Colorado uh, head coach uh, Dan Hawkins, um, last year they were five and six and uh, three and five in the Big Sky. Um, UNC ended up not playing them, but from I've read a little bit about them, and um, they're high, highly uh, their offense is really highly touted and has uh, is a very pass-heavy quarterback. Put up big numbers. Seen him, I think, be somewhere like second third team big sky preseason rankings and they have one of the better receivers in all of fcs i think his name's keelan doss um first team big sky member um so that one should be an exciting game on homecoming um with both teams you know probably airing it out um i know i think a couple years ago i want to say us unc beat him on the road I'm, I'm not sure maybe i'm wrong i might be wrong about that but i think the last time they played it was really high scoring and i'm probably gonna 
I mean, I'm hoping the defense gets better for UNC and don't end up kind of in the shootouts that, that they've been in in the past few years, but I'm kind of maybe expecting one for that one. And after the sixth, uh, they're going to face at Portland State um, on the 13th of October. Um, I'm pretty sure, let's see, the, last year actually Portland State was dead last in the Big Sky. They didn't win a game all season long. It was 0-11. And 0 and 8 in the biggest guy, and UNC ended up not playing them. But I'm pretty sure last time UNC did play them, it was in, at Portland State um, last time as well, a couple years ago. And it was like a massive high scoring game. It was like 56 to 54. Um, they actually played that one at Providence Park, where uh, the Portland Timbers play at. But I remember seeing highlights of it, and it was just pretty much just a track meet back to forth, back and forth. You know, no de- the defense, neither defense could stop anyone on that one. Um, but that's definitely a game at uh, that the the UNC can win on the road. Um, then after the Portland State game, they had come back home where they're going to face Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona last year was seven and five overall, and six and two in the Big Sky. They made the FCS playoffs last year as well, and I think they ended up getting beat up pretty good by San Diego in that uh, first round matchup. Um, Athlon. Didn't have them ranked either, did uh, NCAA, but Athlon had them as a team outside the top 25 uh, as a team to watch. Um, UNC lost them 20-48 to um, last year in Flagstaff. Another game that was, I think UNC was only trailing by a touchdown in the third quarter, another game where they just kind of fell fell apart in like later half of the third quarter, uh, fourth quarter. Um, um, and they also, too, have, a, have a, an experienced quarterback, um, if you look at some of these home games, some of them are pretty tough. Um, you got Northern Arizona at home, um, you know, North Dakota, um, Sacramento State at home, which is which is non-conference, but still, you know, at least they get these teams at home where they have a better chance of uh, of winning. Especially Northern Arizona, I think I don't even know if UNC's ever won there. Flagstaff at the at their I think they call the Sky Up Dome or something like that. They they struggle when they go there, but this one will be at Nottingham Field this year. Um, then when they, they, after Northern Arizona on the 27th of October, they play, uh, the defending co-champions of the Big Sky Southern Utah. They were, to two, 2017, they were nine and three and, uh, seven and one in the Big Sky. They made the playoffs as well last year and lost to Weber. They actually lost to Weber State, um, in the, in the second round of the playoffs where, uh, Southern Utah ended up getting a bye and Weber State had to play. The first round, I think they played with Western Illinois. Kind of don't really like how they do in FCS, where they do it really regional, um, because you know you got matchups like in the second round against teams that you know playing in the same conference. I think some regions are a lot stronger than others, so it just kind of you know make, lets the other teams advance in the playoffs that might not advance if they were you know if they were playing if it was like a true seeding, but that's how they do it in the FCS. So, but. Anyways, last year, like I said, Southern Utah was co-champions, and UNC lost to them at Nottingham Field 27-14, to a game which, they, again, they were down 20-14 to late in the third quarter, and UNC just couldn't muster up anything on offense, and, uh, and Southern Utah ended up getting one touchdown, I think, in the fourth quarter as well, and uh, kind of just held on there. A game that UNC could have won, it wasn't like... Even though Southern Utah was conference champs, it wasn't like UNC was, uh, or Southern Utah was heads and heels better than them. You know, some offensive 
production there towards the end would have really, you know, might maybe have won the game for them. And then we got on November 3rd, um, this one's going to be a good one at Nottingham Field as well. Uh, many publications and are picking this team as um, the winning the Big Sky this year. I think both the media and the coaches poll had them winning the Big Sky this year. Um, and that's Eastern Washington. And they were number ninth in the FCS rankings on NCAA. And Athlon actually had them as the number six ranked team coming into the season. Um, Eastern Washington last year finished seven and four and six and two in the Big Sky. Don't think they made the playoffs, uh, but I think a lot of people are expecting them to make it this year as they're returning a lot of good players. And and I think their quarterback was picked by quite a few as the you know first team uh, Big Sky uh, selection for this year. Um, and UNC did not play them this year. They don't have, and they play them at home this year, so they don't have to go and play them up in the in the on the on the red turf there and um and on in at Eastern Washington. Um this one's gonna be a good one. Hopefully by that time, you know, UNC is competing in the league. Um, you know, like I've said before, all I really want like to see on this team is definitely improve on last year, having a winning record. And, you know, if if at this time they're pushing for a playoff spot, this is gonna be a huge game. And I'm kinda you know, it's one of one of the ones that I've marked on here that I'm really look really looking forward to then on november 10th they will end their season at montana state montana state was five and six last year overall and uh five and three in the big sky um an athlon had them as a team to watch outside of the top 25 and last year unc lost to them on a last second field goal 27 to 24 a game really which unc pretty much they shouldn't have lost they're up 21 to seven at halftime Things were going well for them. Uh, Connor Regan was playing well that game. The defense was showing up. And in the second half, uh, the offense stalled. Um, I mean, even if they could have gotten one more touchdown, they would have ended up winning that game. And, you know, the defense didn't play horribly. Um, you know, they ended up, well, they, get, they actually ended up giving up only really, I think, a couple of touchdowns and giving up a couple of field goals, you know, but. You know, again, if the if the offense would have produced, uh, that would have been another win for them, for UNC. Probably the game which they was they basically you know one the one game where they really thought they kind of blew it last year. So when you look at that schedule, you know it's a tough non-conference schedule. I mean, the first three games against McNeese State, you know, preseason ranked team, a South Dakota team who made the playoffs last year, and then the Sacramento State team who looks to be you know have another good season. Um, you know, that's not an easy non-conference schedule. And then once you get into the tough big sky, um, you know, this schedule is pretty hard for UNC. Um, but can they compete in it? Yeah, I believe they can. Um, can they have a winning record in it? Yeah, I think if things go right, I think if they stay healthy, I think if they, you know, find production out of, um, their stars, which I think they will, I think, Nip, if he stays healthy, will have a tremendous season. I think Trey Rico will also have a, a tremendous season rushing and receiving. Um, I think the guys behind him at running back at Ison and uh, Paul are going to be good compliments to him. Um, then you got, uh, you know, I think Verna. I think Verna is going to have a really, really good season. And McCauley, I think, is going to have an, a pretty good season as well. Alex Wesley, I think, again, is another 1,000 yards rece- receiving and over 50 catches again like he did last year. I'm, I'm thinking he will get 70, um, maybe more, um, maybe even like in the 1,200 to 
1500 yard range of receiving you know but that kind of depends on you know the guys behind him if you see who can step up as far as like other receivers on the team and then if the defense you know if the defense steps up stops the run um then i think they'll be all right in the secondary because the secondary you know you can see in the scrimmage and you can see in the practices they're really they don't leave much space for the quarterbacks to throw um so i think if they stop the run and if they also get the run going on offense and the offensive line is more consistent as far as you know not having to have a different lineup every time out there um you know i think it really comes down to you know those two things right the defensive line and offensive line are going to be a really if they play well and have consistency this team will definitely improve the, uh this year and compete and pretty much all these games. I think early on when UNC got in the Big Sky, they were kind of overmatched, but I think they've I think they've started to get the talent and uh to really compete, you know, in the in the Big Sky. Now it's time for them to not just compete, but pull off some upsets. Um you know, some of these games I would yeah, they have some tough home games. I mean, you look at Northern Arizona at home and Eastern Washington at home. Um two, you know, the better teams in the Big Sky. You would like to see them at least win one of those, at least either Northern Arizona, Eastern Washington. I mean, of course, two, two of those winning both of those would be great, but I think they have to at least win one of those. Um, you know, UC Davis, who's highly potent on offense, and um, you know, you got Sacramento State, um, and uh, and North Dakota also at home. Teams that you know will be not be easy, but teams they they can beat. Um, so I think if they can at least, you know, win all their games at home, maybe lose one, you know, they got to find a way to win some games on the road. You know, the Portland State game, I think, is one they can have a chance at. Um, Southern Utah, you know, I think they have a chance at that one. Montana State as well. Um, I mean, to be honest, the Weber State's one's going to be rough. Um, but, you, you know, they, they start clicking I mean, anything can happen for them. Um, so, you know, I don't want to get into predictions on their season. I'm just going to get into, like, you know, what I would like to see. And like I said, you know, improvement on last year, a winning record would be great, and also a push for a playoff spot. I mean, how awesome would that be to go into, the, you know, those last couple of games, you know, at home against Eastern Washington and on the road against uh, Montana State, thinking, oh, you know, we got to win these games, and UNC could get in, into the FCF playoffs. You know, and it, and for UNC to get in the FCF playoffs, I think that takes this team to uh, like another level. I think you know, people, more and more people will be looking at them like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go to UNC. They made the playoffs last year. Um, so, you know, I'm really looking forward to the season. I can't wait. Um, got my season tickets a couple of weeks ago. You know, I seen where on Bear Vision where they were handing them out to people in the in the Greeley community. So, you know, I think everybody's looking forward to it. Um, this game in a couple of weeks in McNeese State on the 1st is a 2 p.m. Uh, start time. Um, like I said, there's going to be a brew and bites there with, I think, I think last time I saw six different breweries are going to be there, plus a, you know, a few eating establishments, so that'll be fun. Um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to this. Um can't wait to see some actually, you know, live football. I mean, football that means that means something. Um, so, I think starting next week, I'll give do another podcast where it's going to be basically about McNeese State and the uh, matchup with them. Um, 
you know, we'll get into that. And then after that, it'll be, I'm kind of hoping I can just do one. We'll see one where it's like a half of it will be, pre, uh, you know, kind of a review of the game before. And then the next half will be like a preview of the next upcoming game. So I think that's where I'll end it uh, this week. Um, I'll see you guys uh, next week with a preview for the McNeese State Cowboys. And uh, like I say, this is Austin Minis and uh, Vamos Osos. Play when they want to play. Lonely, only for a night like Luther Bandrolls ride. No way that it bad sad.